They dealt with justice, they laid claim to promises, they shut the mouth of lions, they quenched raging fires, they made narrow escapes, they found strength at their weakest moments, they won hard battles, they put evil to flight, they saw dead people come back to life, they endured torture, they endured imprisonment, they survived on the fringes of society. That doesn't sound like your average American Christian experience, right? That sounds more like a recruitment line for the Avengers. You know, they'd be like, you go with those empires and you shut them out of lines. We made narrow escapes. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I want to join that team. But that's exactly how the writer of Hebrews describes what the Christian life looks like when we live by faith. It looks more like the Avengers than maybe the boring monotony that sometimes we get after. Our American version of Christianity more often looks like an education rather than an invitation to adventure. It looks sometimes more like an indoctrination rather than a passport to purpose and meaning. And many churches have Sunday schools. I don't have anything against Sunday schools. I've learned a lot about the Bible in Sunday schools. But literally, as a kid, I was like, I have school five days a week. Now I gotta go to school on Sunday too. Like, we think that faith is something that we exercise our minds with. And the end result is that the modern Western church is the most intelligent and the most educated, most knowledgeable church in the history of the Jesus movement, and it's the least supernatural. If you look throughout the history of the church, what made the church stand out was there was something supernatural about it. God showed up and he did things. And now we have a lot of information, but we have far too little transformation. The Christian life is not about having all the right theological answers. It's about living by faith, trusting Jesus, taking risks to make the world better because we believe he has our back. Believing that he wants to make the world better through us. Now, we started this series by considering Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I think there's a lot of busy churches that produce lots of busy congregants whose lives require little to no faith. And if we're not careful here at Horizon, we'll become a busy, thriving church that doesn't actually require anyone to use faith. The difference between a cold, dead spirituality and a spiritual wildfire is practicing faith with your life, not just your head. Let's look at a paraphrase of Hebrews 11, 33-40. I read part of it earlier. Starting in verse 33. Now, I don't have time. Time is too short for me to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms and administered justice, who obtained promises and shut them out of lives, who quenched the raging of fire and escaped the edge of the sword, who gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured and yet not accepting release so they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sought and doomed. They died by the sword. They wandered in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these were approved through their faith. But they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect. The Greek word behind that is the word for completion, whole, coming to uh, the full of something without us. 
The list of the heroes of faith would not be complete without us. The difference between boring religious monotony and a life of adventure is faith. Putting what Jesus said to the test. Not just saying, yeah, that sounds good, I believe that. But actually testing it out. Faith is reaching the end of your resources and abilities and trusting in the unseen resources and abilities of a good and generous now, the writer of Hebrews is very clear here. He or she, we don't know who wrote it, ends their list of faith by saying the list is incomplete without us. God has these heroes of faith, and he says, but he was waiting so that the list would not be complete without us, without you, without me. It's as if the author is inviting us to overthrow governments, deal out justice, claim promises, shut the mouth of lions, quench raging fires, make narrow escapes, find strength and weakness, win hard battles, put evil to flight, and seek miraculous spirits. He's essentially saying, they exercise faith, now it's your turn. What are you going to do? What is faith? What is God going to do through you? The author is inviting us to live by faith and experience the adventure that comes from joining Jesus in his mission to change the world. I didn't really realize growing up adjacent to the church how dead our American Christianity was until I took my first serious trip overseas. I spent two weeks in India teaching uh, children, Dalit children, the lowest caste of children in India about how to speak and read English. And the hope was that they could, if they could speak English, they could get jobs with Western companies in India and they could break a generational cycle of poverty and actually change their world. And so I was over there teaching uh, English, and while I was over there, I got to know some Indian pastors. I think we have a picture of one of my friends that I met over there. And I was blown away by the stories of faith and miracles. None of them were like, hey, you know, somebody invited me to church and I heard the story of Jesus. All their stories were radical stories. I mean, one guy was like, uh, I was laying asleep in my bed and a cobra was crawling across my roof and fell into my bed. And so I felt something hit my feet, and I sat up in bed, and there was a cobra going back and forth looking at my face. And uh, he says, I prayed to everything new God I could think of. They had millions of them. He prayed to all of them, and the snake just kept going back and forth. His kid had been going to this English school, and um, they told him that the kids about Jesus there. And so he said, I don't know this Jesus God, but I'm going to try praying to him. And he said, Jesus, if you're God, could you make the snake go away? And the snake slithered off the bed. He said, that next morning, I had to go to that school and find out about this Jesus guy because he was a god when the other gods wouldn't do anything. He said, that's how I became a father, Jesus. How about you? I'm like, oh man, that was an awesome story. I'm not even compared to this. I mean, their lives were just filled by faith. Um, one night, they invited me to a prayer service at this um, Christian center I was staying at. And all these pastors from all over Southern India were coming together. Some were driving for hours to get there. And they were having this prayer service. And so I went in and prayed with them. And I said, what are we praying about? They said, we're praying for this upcoming service. We're going to invite our friends and our neighbors to come here about Jesus and how he's impacted our lives, how he's encountered us, and how he's changed us. And they said, we are praying that God shows up in a mighty way. I said, oh, is this next week? They said, no, no, no. I said, is it next month? They said, no, no, no. They said, it's a year from now. I said, wait a minute, you're praying about it a year ahead of time? I was like, I was praying about stuff, you know, I'm like, this is coming up, I'll start praying about it. They said, we start praying a year out because we don't have money or resources. All we have is God. So we are desperate for God to show up. Those words that Indian pastors still echo in my head 10 years later. 
In America, we have them. We have resources. So we aren't that desperate for God to show up. We've tried to create a Christianity that doesn't require faith. The result is something boring and something dead, a far cry from adventure. Church planning is hard, but it's an adventure because it requires faith. I never know what's going to happen next. And that's scary sometimes, but that's also exciting. I read an article this week about when human beings are happiest, these research universities did this study of thousands upon thousands of people. Um, the researchers assumed that people would be happiest when they were most financially secure in life. Um, what they found, though, was that people were actually happiest when they felt like what they were doing had a purpose, even if that purpose made their life messy or challenging or complicated. And so what they found was the happiest point of people's lives were not when things were simplest and most secure, but when things felt like they mattered the most. Faith isn't safe, but living by faith will give you a sense of purpose like nothing else will. So you can attend church, give a little money, sprinkle some Bible verses in your social media pages, and not exercise any faith. It doesn't cost you anything. There's no risk. Faith involves taking some risks to accomplish what Jesus would want done. Things that are destined to fail without divine intervention. We just tell you, this church might should have failed like a thousand times over, and yet it keeps going. Not only because of your kindness and faithfulness, but above all, because God keeps showing up. He keeps making a way forward and through. Having faith, exercising faith, means not choosing the easy path, the path of least resistance, because you believe happiness doesn't lie in safety, but in purpose. In purpose and meaning. Rosa Parks, by faith, refused to yield her seat to a white man when they demanded, the bus driver demanded it. By faith, she changed things. By faith, she went to court, stood up for her God-given rights, and she changed things. By faith, Scott Harrison, who was a club promoter, you can go to that next picture there, Sean, traveled all over the world throwing these huge parties for MTV and these big Hollywood execs, I mean, he had everything he could want, money, women, drugs, anything he wanted he could get. Um, he has an encounter with Jesus, spends a year traveling around the world on a boat that goes around and offers free medical aid to people, and he realizes one of the biggest issues in the world is people don't have clean drinking water, and it causes all kinds of health issues. He comes back to New York City, and out of his small apartment, he starts a nonprofit called Charity Water that has brought clean drinking water to 12 million people. By faith, he said, I'm going to change things. Because oh, a billion people, when he started this organization, don't have access to clean drinking water. And he said, I'm going to change that. I'm going to produce, I'm going to do something about it. He could have said, I'm making good money, I've got a safe life, everything's secure. Instead, he says, I'm going to start a nonprofit, I'm going to change things. Mark Battison, by faith, started a church in Washington, D.C. You guys know I love Mark Madison. Like he's a big impact on my own journey. He tried to start a church in Chicago and it failed. And he's like, well, I guess I could go and just take a regular pastoring job. Instead, by faith, he moved to Washington, D.C., where he knew no one. He started his first service with three people. And today, National Community Church serves thousands of people across D.C. They have a nonprofit coffee shop where they give 100% of their revenue away to um, spiritual projects. They just built a dream center on Capitol Hill to serve underprivileged youth and incarcerated Faith is doing things that don't make sense. 
unless there is a loving, generous Father behind the world and behind you. It's taking a risk to do good because you know God has your back. Faith is daring to fail in order to make the world a little better, a little more like Jesus would want it to be. And that can seem daunting, right? But Jesus always does a heavy lifting. Let me just tell you, I haven't done anything that's produced any good results as a church planter. It's always been God despite me. God with me, not because of me. If you look at this list of the heroes of faith, you know what it is? A list of messed up people who kept failing over and over and over and over again, and yet God produced something great out of them when they chose to trust Him and take a risk. All these people are ordinary people who became extraordinary because they lived by faith. Rosa Parks lived by faith, became extraordinary. Scott Harrison lived by faith, became extraordinary. Mark Madison, we could go through this list of heroes, Moses and Abraham. Ordinary people, extraordinary because they took a risk to trust Jesus. There's nothing different between you or I or any of the heroes of faith. They all had a moment where they could keep living quiet, ordinary lives, where they could decide to live as if a good and generous God had their back, and they chose to do it. That doesn't mean it is easy. That doesn't mean it isn't painful. Starting this church has been hard. Darby and I talk about that often. There's been a heartbreak and betrayal, disappointment, and depression. But I'll tell you, this has never been boring. If you want a boring Christian life, there's a path for that, but it's not a path for faith. Darby and I sometimes talk about what it would look like if we did something else somewhere else. Uh, last night, I was probably thinking about this message, but I had this nightmare where we just shut everything down. I was like, yep, church plans are over. We're just going, going away. And uh, neither of us would trade what we've learned through this step of faith. Neither of us would trade the relationship we've made. Neither of us would trade how we've grown. Yes, there are similar paths with better paychecks and better perks. But at the end of your life, it's not how much money you have in the bank that you look back on. It's how many opportunities you had to do something that made a difference. And you said, I wasn't brave enough. I wasn't willing to take a risk. And you regret playing and say. The goal of life is not to arrive safely at death. Faith makes us dangerous. Faith is an adventure. It's a flame and it spreads and changes things. It burns out the new and makes it burns out the old and makes way for the new. We all have a short window on this planet. None of us are going to live forever. We're like a match lit for a moment that burns out almost immediately. I'm going to try to live as best as I can as if there is a good God announcing his good reign, which is arriving soon, and I'm going to live by faith to show that. When people look at the crazy stuff that we do, like starting a church or starting a charity to bring water to people who don't have clean drinking water, they're like, what is this person thinking? This only makes sense if there's a good God behind them. I'm going to try to spread my fire as far as I can burn, and I hope I light some other fires and people along the way. Religion without faith, religion without risk is boring. Jesus wants to invite you into an adventure. He wants to invite you to live by faith. He takes a risk for his glory and other people's good. If you want your spiritual life to come alive, Take a spiritual risk for Jesus' glory and someone else's good. When we exercise faith to right the wrong, to set evil to flight, to live as citizens of faith, the writer of Hebrews says the current world wasn't worthy of those type of people, those heroes of faith, people who live like that. Ordinary people who took a risk on the faithfulness 
of Jesus. So the question I think we have to ask is, is the world worthy of us? The heroes of faith overthrew governments. They dealt out justice. They claimed promises. They shut them out of the lions. They pointed raging fire. They made narrow escapes. They found strength and weakness. They won hard battles. They put evil to flight. They saw miraculous cures. Now it's our turn. What will you do with faith? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are a good God and that you have our back. Thank you that your kingdom is breaking through into this world to change things. That you will one day rule as king and set everything right. And God, we are the advanced forces for your kingdom, beginning to set small things right as a vortex, letting the world see what it's going to look like when you come and you make all sadness pass away. God, help us to live by faith. To take risks to build relationships, to take risks to uh, to risk our our reputation, sometimes our our resources, our security, our comfort, in order to see the world change for the better, for your glory and for other people's good. Amen.